You are, of course, listening to Kitchen Radio. My name is Rita Katoni and this is 8CCC Community Radio in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek on 102.1 FM. My guest tonight is someone who beat me a couple of years ago at a bush foods competition. Maybe many years ago because it's a long time since we've had that bush foods comp year. Maybe nine years ago. Anyhow, it was the uh, competition for the best dessert and I'd made a bush coconut sorbet and I was just quite sure I was going to win that. Anyhow, um, my guest tonight, she won it hands down with her uh, bush passion fruit creme brulee. So tonight we're going to be talking about things called cobbler's pegs, purslane, dock, sorrel, chickweed, dandelion, fat hen, shepherd's purse, watercress, ribweed, ribgrass, hedge mustard, plantain, amaranth. Oh my God. And Vincent is here to talk to me about collecting and eating weeds. And that list of uh, the names for weeds is it's so wacky. Yeah, um, I guess it comes from uh, historic use, quite a lot of them. Because uh-huh. they are really old words, like chickweed. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of them actually come from even medieval times in the UK. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So, what is a weed? What constitutes a weed as opposed to uh, a plant or um, bush food? I guess um, the most common definition of a weed is a plant that's growing somewhere you don't want it Mm -hmm. and generally within that is parenthesis useless Mm -hmm. or damaging in some way so yeah because we were talking about the use of that word you know weed you weed things out they're the Mm. things that you you don't want Mm. you know weed weeds have negative connotations do they also have tend to have a lot of seeds or easily they can establish themselves easily um i guess the the ones that survive do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be easily distributed via uh, movement of soil, wind, water, mm-hmm. birds, all that sort of thing. But then when you think about it, so are some of our native species. Mm. So, you know. It's a fine line, is it, between like a, a weed? So a weed you'd classify it as, as something that's introduced? Uh, generally speaking, in the current gardening terms, yeah, mm-hmm. it's something that, that's not from around here. Mm-hmm. Although I guess natives, um, my yard's full of ruby saltbush. Yeah, yeah, so is mine. And yeah. it's fine, except when it gets to places I don't want it and then yeah. I pull it out. Yeah. So that it's makes it a become a weed, a weed. Yeah. 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 And they also obviously grow in really sort of hosp- inhospitable places. Uh, yeah, weeds are, because they're unimproved by humans, mm-hmm. managed to grow in yeah, wasteland, yeah, mm. forgotten spaces, particularly in urban areas. So they are extremely hardy, yep. but they've kind of been designed to survive. So some of what we now see as weeds are the original precursors to things like lettuce mm-hmm. that have been bred and bred and bred. And the original versions, um, because they struggle to survive, they have really deep root systems for getting through hard, you know, unwatered soils and stuff. Mm. Um, and so they take up a lot more nutrient. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. That's yeah. why they've, they're really high in nutrients yes. because they, they kind of have to. They have to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what sparked your interest in weeds? I guess from one point of view, I did an apprenticeship as a in horticulture when I left high school. So I spent five years pulling the bloody things out of <laughs> gardens. But eating them sort of came about um, after I finished my apprenticeship, I went to the UK and met foragers and um, 
spend a lot of time in the countryside in you know uh, foraging hedgerows and things and so that was the start of it yeah and is foraging like a, a movement in in other countries oh yeah mm-hmm. huge in australia as well uh yeah it's picked up in the last 10 years mm-hmm. yeah so what's classified what what, what's, what what is a forager forager is food for free basically it's mm-hmm. in in a country environment it's um mushrooms plants uh, mm-hmm. In the UK, there are a lot of species like um, all the hedges quite often have fruit that you can eat. Okay. Um, things like that. So here it's uh, blackberries on the side of the road, uh-huh. might be fennel growing along the railway track. Yeah. Uh, could be the neighbour's fruit over the... over the <laughs> Which tastes so much better because it belongs to Stolen. the neighbour. Yeah. yeah, you know... Um, Fruit over the back fence yeah. of an east side garden. And, you know, you walk yeah. down the alley and, and steal some mulberries. That's yeah. foraging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what about this word, horta? Horta. Greek. Horta is a general term meaning about there are about 80 edible grains. Okay. In oh, in, in total? In of, Greece. In Greece, okay. That, that they consider horta. Yep. Um, and it's pretty much anything mm-hmm. from rocket spinach right through to, you know, amaranth, sow thistle, plantain, mm-hmm. all of those. So horta is basically a, well, there's horta vrasta, which mm-hmm. is um, a warm or room temperature green salad, they call it, but mm-hmm. it's actually just cooked greens. Served at room temperature, okay. so with um, uh, lemon olive juice oil and, and lemon juice. Oil. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and each family, quite often, each Greek family will have a, a favourite um, species that they oh, okay. call horta. So some families will call dandelion horta, okay. and, and they'll just stew up dandelions. Whereas others have a whole range of different yeah. plants. Yeah. Because um, I've actually brought a bottle back from um, the Isle of Skiros a couple of years ago and it was so beautiful. And I reckon it was something like this, not, yeah, was something like this yes. plant here. Do you think so? Milk thistle. Milk yeah. thistle out Most of my definitely. garden. Yeah. Mm. I should say we've got an array of green sitting here today that we're going to talk about from my garden and from Angie's garden. And the other thing I came across, like my sister said a few weeks ago, I've made a hot pie and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's just being a bit flash instead of calling it a spanakopita. But then I discovered that there is a, you know, a hortocopita as well as a spanakopita, which is obviously the spanakopita is spinach pie mm, yeah. and the hortocopita is a pie made with horta. Yeah, mixed yeah. greens. Yeah, yeah. And have you made this? Yes, uh, I think I made it for a, um, might have been one of the bush food mm-hmm. things. It was a wild weed pie. Okay. And how is it different to a spanakopita apart from the actual greens being wild greens? Um, in the one I do, it has uh, leeks and um, parsley mm-hmm. capers and feta but you just chop the greens and the leeks very small mm-hmm. and then mix them with the feta and the beaten egg mm-hmm. before they're cooked so you, and then you put that into your um, okay. phyllo pie case yep and you just cook it 
in the casing. Mm, yeah. Rather than um, steam your spinach yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I must say, when I make spanakopita, I just look at what's green at the moment in the in my fridge or my garden. I don't always use spinach and mm. kind of approach it with whatever I've got. But now I'm going to start to incorporate some things like milk thistle into it. And yeah, yeah. You... I won't tell my family. <laughs> no, don't. Only after they've loved it. And said, this is so nice. Yeah. Um, just be careful to use the the younger the better. Okay. They get incrementally bitterer as they as get they older. As they get bigger and older. Yeah. Um, are there places you should and shouldn't forage from? Um, I guess keep an eye out for things like... Um, uh, I mean, in Alice it's really interesting because it's dry most of the time so mm-hmm. you struggle to find them outside your own garden. Yep. Um, but just in municipal spaces, keep an eye out for the telltale uh, signs of sprays. Mm-hmm. Um, the council here colours their hermicides, so you can, oh, okay. you know, so it's generally pink. Sometimes it's green, but I think it's generally pink, which means that if you see anything sort of weirdly coloured, generally means Don't it's been sprayed. Eat it. <laughs> Don't eat it. Um, the rules of, of foraging are if you're not 100% sure, yep. leave it. Okay. What about like the fennel that grows along the railway tracks in Melbourne? Most of the time that's fine. They rarely actually spray it. Okay. It doesn't, you know. But, yeah, again, you just probably further out yep. than in mm-hmm. um, and maybe pick the ones higher up away from dog Oh, dog level, poo and dog wee pee. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that sort of stuff. So it's just common sense. Just, yeah. um, and wash it and wash it and wash it when you get it home. Yeah. Do you have favourite places here in Alice Springs that you always keep an eye out for? Um, yeah. Um, Can Blath- you share them? <laughs> <laughs> Blatherskite Park has the best first lane after rain. Uh, there's just mobs of it and they'll yeah. thank you because they're usually trying to get rid of it. Okay. Um, so do you have to sort of go and ask someone there? Oh, uh, I doubt it. Okay. Yeah. And how are you? Are you just chopping it with secateurs? Or yeah, well, because it's a weed and they want mm. it gone, you could actually take a spade and just take it off at ground level. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it can get quite big. One plant can kind of be 30, 40 centimetres across oh, wow. after a nice rainy season. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And you talked about that um, the, there's some amaranth that goes uh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there used to be... Um, when uh, the um, tea shrine was down in its old home. Mm-hmm. They Before they knocked that building <laughs> down. <laughs> Before the entire building disappeared, yeah. yeah. There used to be um, on both sides of the road these little green shrubs which would grow up after rain about knee-high, bright green. Yeah. And then after a while they'd have um, a whole lot of little seed Mm-hmm. sort of um, catkins on the top of them. That's green amaranth and they are delicious. Right, and, it, and if they'd been in seed today, they would be all over Alice <laughs> Springs, wouldn't they? <laughs> Absolutely, because the seeds are tiny. They're actually... Um, uh, We've got some here like... Um, yeah, they're like, like they're like tiny little um, quinoa. Yeah. I had these in my house when we first bought it and yeah. I've never actually grown it since then, but... I would love to grow it. We will later after the mid-show song talk about some recipes with some of this food. So these are, but these look beautiful. Can you actually eat the seeds as yes. well, Ange? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The seeds um, were sort of ground into a, a mm-hmm. bread sort of substitute yep. thing. Um, and they would be high in, in 
Fairly nutritious, yeah. Okay, like yeah. proteins or carbs or? Um, probably more proteins, I'm guessing. I'm not entirely certain about that. Yeah. And what about the, some of the sort of other health benefits? Well, amaranth is sort of, uh, it's related to quinoa. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that whatever the seeds yeah, it does of, look like quinoa. of yep. those ones would be similar to quinoa. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, um, the grain, oh, actually referring to my notes yep um yeah the grains seven you know quite high protein and Mm -hmm. lysine which is apparently a an essential amino acid Mm -hmm. carbohydrate um don't think so i don't think it's got a huge amount in there i was thinking uh, i was looking out for laurie may who does a locavorian um special sort of diet every couple of weeks and i know she's been hard pushed to find um grains and carbohydrates in um Alice Springs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can get popped amaranth mm-hmm. in coals. Okay. I think I've seen Probably it Probably not from here. It's not growing here. Uh, no, 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 it won't grow here. But you can collect your own. Now, Angie, you're about to publish a beautiful <laughs> book. I've got an electronic version of it here, and it's called Hunting the Wild Green. Now, it's both a plant guide and a cookbook. And I've had a quick read and I'd like to spend a lot more time reading it, but it's <laughs> there's so much research that's gone into it, this book. Yeah. Have you tested all the recipes in here yet? Uh, I've tested the majority, not all, because they're still coming in and out of the text when I find new ones that okay. I like the idea of. Yep. Then I'll... Oh, they still mm-hmm. there's yeah there's still a bit of slippage. Yeah, yeah, okay. In terms of the the, the testing of the yeah. test, yeah, are, are you trying them out on people? You're saying, what do you think of this? No, I'm trying them out on me. Okay, that's all that matters. <laughs> and if you and if you like them, that's what counts. Yes, I love the way this book is indexed, like according to the weed or the plant, actually, rather than um, rather than the dish. You know, most recipe books are indexed according to your know, entrees and mains mm. or vegetables or whatever. But this is actually indexed according to all the different weeds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, generally speaking, as with horta, they're interchangeable. Okay. You know, so yep. quite a lot of them are green leafies. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to taste similar, mm. particularly once they're cooked. They're sort of spinachy. Do they all require different cooking techniques? No. Okay. Pretty. I mean, apart from some of the outliers which I've put in, which yep. are like, um, so for example, um, aloe vera, mm-hmm. which is. I don't want to spoil that. I want to go. I want to talk about the aloe vera dish <laughs> afterwards. After well, the song, right. yes. We'll leave that. But but also there are some other. You know, prickly pears are big. A, yeah. A big problem in Central Australia. Oh, is it? It has been in okay. the past. Um, so you could, you know, you, there's no reason why you couldn't put a, a Mexican recipe for, for um, yeah. prickly pear in there. Mm. So, And that's, you know, a little bit different. But the majority of them, I've tried to keep them fairly simple things that you find in your garden mm-hmm. or, or growing on, the, on um, verges and things mm-hmm. around town. Um, yeah. Do you provide a little map? In? There's no map in there about where to get what in Alice <laughs> No, Springs. because it changes so yeah. often, you know. And um, if I put a map in there and says this is where you can find the best marshmallow and it's not there, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, it's also so seasonal, yeah. you know, particularly uh, three or four weeks after rain, you can go out and get some really great stuff. But I had to really hunt. At the moment, today. yeah. Yeah, and I bought some amaranth from mm-hmm. home because it's watered. 
Um, so it's yeah, that's what happens in my yard yeah. as well. It's it's only where I'm sort of being a bad waterer and watering the bare ground that something comes up. <laughs> okay, look, we're going to have a mid-show segue, and then we're going to come back and actually talk about some of the recipes in your book. And I can't believe I found this song. It's actually called "Eaten Weeds." By the formidable vegetables, which do you know this song at all, Ange? It's not like you're on your favourite list of songs. <laughs> no, I've never heard of the formidable vegetables. Let's have a listen to Eating Weeds or Eating Weeds by Formidable Vegetables. So that, of course, was the, uh, form- the formidable vegetables singing Eating Weeds. So, um, Ange, I wouldn't mind going through some of these recipes in your, say, cookbook slash plant guide. But what do you think? It's a cookbook or a plant guide? Or are you happy to call it both? Um, well, it's just a guide. So, you know, what they look like, what to do with them, yep. and then how to eat them. Yeah, and how to identify them yeah, as well. well yep. Yeah, it's, it's fairly basic ID. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that there are better ID books out in the world. Okay, sure. But they're generally dealing with um, weeds as weeds mm-hmm. rather than how to use them as well. As, and how to, how to cook with them. Mm. So Ruby Doc, I always thought it was a, a native and then reading through this I realised that it wasn't. No. It just looks so beautiful in this environment. Yeah, the colour seems yeah. to match. And I think it's because quite often you're out in in the bush and there's just fields of this really fantastic yeah. pink and you think it must be native because there's so much of it yeah but no it's not it's not so this is the sort of the lovely crimson flower that you see yeah. up in the, in the hills here when it rains yeah. yeah yeah um it's a it's a um member of the larger dock family which sorrel is a well-known um, okay, sort of part of the dock family, garden variety of the dock family. Sorrel dock, yes. Yeah. Um, Who else is in the dock family? Uh, there's lots of docks. Okay. Um, there's ruby dock. There's sheep dock. Uh-huh. Curly dock. Yellow dock. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Do they all grow here, or is it just mainly ruby dock? Um, you can sometimes see some of the docks around. They don't. They tend to be um, really quite big voracious sort mm-hmm. of plants with a big deep taproot so okay. they they you'd see them more in a um more temperate mm-hmm. region but occasionally you see them here but ruby dock's different because it started in sort of africa mm-hmm. middle east um and I, I heard a story once i'm not sure if it's real that the um the dock seeds came over in the padding of, of the Afghan camel ears okay. saddles. Yeah. And that's how it got here. Now, I don't it's know a, if that's real. It's a great story. Can yeah. we just say it's real? <laughs> Some fact checkers out yeah, there can yeah, check yeah, it yeah, for check us. us. Let us know, yeah. yeah. Um, now, the recipe you've got here, which is which is what appealed to me, apart from just ruby dock itself and how beautiful it is, is penne with mushrooms and ruby dock. What part of the ruby dock are you eating here? Uh, use the young leaves. Okay. Yeah. Doc, if anyone's ever eaten sorrel, mm-hmm. it's got a kind of lemony, sour-ish mm-hmm. taste. Mm. Um, it's a bit like rocket, but not as bitter. Rocket's much more bitter. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so the difference between bitter and sour... Yeah. Is to do with your tongue, tongue isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, uh, Doc's quite sour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And is that what it adds to the, the penne dish? Yeah, okay. yeah. And, I mean, it's it's like a lot of leafy greens i mean once you cook them they're a little bit interchangeable but the dock has a very definite mm-hmm. sort of oxalic acid flavor which is um 
I don't know, if you suck a piece of clover, you mm-hmm. get that sourness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, it's sort yeah, of lemony. Yeah. 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 So is it being used as a herb here or as a vegetable? No, it's a vegetable. Okay. Mm. Could we just go through that recipe apart from so we've um we're we're cooking the pasta and while we're cooking the pasta we're heating up olive oil. Yep. And we're uh, cooking some onion and a little bit of chili until there's till the onion's soft. Then garlic, add your mushrooms and stir until they're cooked to your liking and then um tomatoes fresh tomatoes yep mm-hmm. yep nice ripe chopped tomatoes mm-hmm. that's your dressing mm-hmm. and then you just cut up the uh ruby dock and mix that uncooked through the, oh, okay. the sauce yeah and then squeeze of lemon over your pasta oh. happy days and are you serving this with parmesan you could okay yeah. but yeah but you could or you couldn't. It's not sort of like, you know, like seafood <laughs> and pasta where you're not allowed to have parmesan anywhere near the table. Oh, look, so it's, I mean, parmesan's food of the gods. You can it have is it on rather, your it's, if you want. I, I love it. I can't go for a day without eating parmesan. <laughs> no. Now, one of the other recipes I just loved is the poached aloe. I mean, I've got so much aloe in my garden. So this is a, this is a dessert. Yep. And I've I must admit i haven't actually no tri- don't don't tried this one yet so if you try it call in and let us know yeah can you go through how you would try it if you were going to i mean aloe jelly set with agar agar is a is a reasonably common sort of um refresher between courses palate cleanser palate cleanser a mousse bouche yeah or something like that yeah. but um yeah so so it's been used for a long time but the poached aloe is where you take some nice big fat juicy leaves and peel the outer skin off and then wash any of the latex because the latex is quite nasty. And the latex would be, you'd it's know it's the, the latex, it's the white sap that we yeah, don't want. It tends to be, it's sort of whitish or yellowish in the yellow. Um, and yeah, remove all the fibrous green skin and wash off the, the uh, latex or sap. And then you cut the inner flesh into cubes. Uh, and in the meantime, you've made a sugar and lime juice syrup, mm-hmm. which is a l- more sugar than lime, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And then you heat that at a l- on a low heat and then you poach the uh, cubes of aloe in that liquid until it's no longer slimy and mm-hmm. they've gone firm. So they're no longer sort of, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it's going to be like eating slimy jellyfish. <laughs> but you assure me that once you cook them, that, that sort of like gooiness goes away. Apparently. Yeah. As I said, this is on the list of um, if I find a better recipe for yep. aloe, it might fall well, out. Sure, if anybody wants to go and try cooking the aloe and let yeah. Ange know. Yeah, I guarantee it won't kill you. Yeah, um, I, I can't help but feel that would be like eating jellyfish. Do you think so? Do you remember? Um, oh, I don't know. My mum, back in the Days. late '60s, <laughs> early '70s, was a mad keen preserver. Okay. She had a Fowler's Vocola set of jars and the big kettle that you boiled the jars yeah. in. And one year, she decided to um, uh, preserve grapes. Oh, okay. And so when I think of that recipe, I think of my mum's preserved grapes, which are kind of... How did she preserve grapes? Just grapes in grape juice and sugar in a jar. 
Okay. And after about five years, they all floated to the top and there was a big lot of liquid in the bottom. Yeah. But they were kind of poppy and weird. Okay. <laughs> does sound very strange. I like the idea of this aloe gel being um, a palate cleanser. I can just imagine it between courses, sort of mm. giving you that real sort of cleansing experience and getting ready for that that next course yeah oh yeah i think it'll be interesting yeah mm. now what about this catsia pecoris i just wanted to say the word catsia, catsia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i can just imagine that catsia is a, a furry little leaves and that you're putting them in a pecora batter and actually you'd be surprised catsia is uh in a garden situation, almost indistinguishable from dandelions. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think what you see a lot and think is a dandelion isn't. It's a cat's ear. So how do you distinguish a cat's ear from a dandelion? Uh, dandelions have a hollow stem with a single flower on each stem and cat's ears have, cat's ears have little branches coming off the central mm. stalk. And do they both grow here? Yeah, they, they do, yep. yeah. Whether you can find them and distinguish mm-hmm. them is a different. They're mainly sort of the things that turn up in lawns. Okay. And because we don't have a great many lawns. Yeah. They're harder I think to I've find. Got some. Yeah. So why did you choose uh, pakora recipe for cat's ear? I like pakoras. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but is it because like the cat's ears have got a bit of like substance to them? Um, because for a pakora you want, but you want to be careful that it's not. It doesn't sort of clump. Well, also that, but then there can be almost nothing left except the yeah. the batter. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. They're a bit more sour than uh, stronger flavoured mm-hmm. than spinach, so they're easier to taste. Okay, yeah. Mm. And your pakora batter here is, of course, chickpea flour, turmeric, paprika, coriander, cold yeah. water. Yep. Uh, you put a garlic clove in there. Yeah. Yep. So, and you're blanching and squeezing and shredding the cat's ear leaves before you, you're deep frying them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just to get most of the water. Otherwise, they pop like crazy okay. when they hit the hot oil. Ah, because they've got moisture in them. Yeah. I'll let you have a bit of it. The next one I really want to talk about is nettle. Because a couple of weeks ago, I was over um, someone's place and um, they were like, oh, don't, don't go near there, there's nettle. And I, my ears pricked up and I was like, oh, that's really, you've got nettle? And sure enough, I got I got pricked by the nettle straight away. And, he, and I said, can I take some home to sort of make nettle tea? Because that's all I was thinking you can do with nettle. And so I sort of carefully carried it home and made nettle tea, which was really strong. I don't know even if I liked it, but it was quite different than <coughs> the dried nettles that I've, I've bought maybe at Afghan Traders and yep. made um, tea out of. And, but then I saw that you had a recipe for nettle pesto. Oh, nettles are delicious. Okay. Particularly if you get them young mm-hmm. and you just pick the top section. How are you picking them without hurting yourself? Gloves. Okay. <laughs> okay. Elbow long chemical proof gloves if right. you've got a choice. Yeah, like they were really, like I, I barely touched them and I, I got a, a prickle in my hand. Mm. Yep. Um, nettles, you've got to be a bit careful a, because they fight back, but B, because once they've flowered, they get really stringy and really strong. Okay. So they're verging on unpalatable. Yeah, I mean, these were quite big plants yeah. um, and they already had some nettles on them. So And I found it really strong. Yeah, so it's best to go for new spring growth, nice okay. new little, little short stems and yep. really soft green leaves and... They're not as prickly. Okay. Um, Have you ever seen nettles growing wild here? I mean, this was in someone's garden that they were cultivating the yeah. nettle. 
No, not not around here. They they tend to like more temperate zones. Okay, yeah. And I come from uh, Western Victoria, mm-hmm. and we had you know nettles all, all over the yep. place. You're probably going to see them as a transplant from plants bought up from somewhere else. Okay, in yep. someone's garden, probably not out in the wild. No. Yeah. So can you go through that recipe for nettle pesto? <laughs> a young friend of mine, I was in Scotland with some friends who used to live here mm-hmm. and their young son. And uh, a couple of years ago, we met up. We we're both travelling separately, but we met up in Scotland. The fries? The fries. <laughs> the, the cuts off fries. The cuts off fries, sorry there. And Tom, their son, had uh, a, uh, two wishes for his birthday. I know Tom, so I'm just thinking, <laughs> how obscure is his wish going to be? Yeah. Well, one was um, that he go to uh, um, Loch Ness to visit, which yeah. he promptly fell in, and knowing Tom, that's <laughs> not unusual. And the other wish was that I make him nettle soup for, oh, his, really? for his birthday dinner, which oh, okay. we did. Yeah. And how did you make it? Uh, nettle soup's the same as if you'd make spinach soup or anything. Okay. So it's just um, stock Nettles. Nettles, seasoning, you can pop a little cream, cream in at in the there. end. Yep. Yeah, blitz it all and away yeah. you go. So Ooh. what's happening, like I was a bit worried when I made nettle tea. I looked at the nettles and I thought, how can you eat prickles? Uh, the prickles dissolve. Okay, so you don't yeah. have to worry about the prickles when you're eating them. Yeah, it's best uh, the younger the better. Mm-hmm. There is a stuff in them, mm-hmm. which is... Um, is it like an oxalic acid or...? Yeah, it, it's called... The, the plants, after the plants have flowered and as they get older and older, they develop little gritty particles within the actual plant itself. Plant itself. Yep. Um, they're called cystoliths. Okay. And um, they can irritate your kidneys if you eat too much of them. Oh, is there, is there any danger generally in eating um, any of these weeds? Quite a few of them have got tricky chemicals, Mm -hmm. but uh, no different to quite a lot of other plants. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes contain solanine. Bush Mm -hmm. tomatoes contain huge amounts of solanine. Um, It's not very good for you in large amounts, Mm -hmm. but because you're not, you know, you'd have to eat tons. And it's all, you know, in today's world, we're always very liberal with our warnings, Mm -hmm. just in case. So, so that idea that if something's bitter, mm. don't eat it. You can't really trust that with no. weeds, no, because no. some weeds are actually bitter. Yeah, bitter, sour. They're flavours that that we've lost mm-hmm. pretty much uh, in our current sugar happy. Yeah, you've got diet. to go quite quite far and wide to get bitter at the moment, like yeah. even like radicchio or something. Yeah, and um, the the old fashioned kind of vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred years ago, bitter was was much more acceptable, mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of different cultures mm. actually, you know, like yeah, they really appreciate like yeah. the Italians really appreciate sort of like a a, a bitter exactly. leaf in a, in a salad. Um, yeah. like the Italians go mad for some of it, but um, we here don't. No. no, people tend to get very upset. Yeah, bitterness. Bitter, <laughs> no. Um, whereas, in fact, it's 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 incredibly pleasant if it's served appropriately. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely. I love bitter. Just with the just before we move on, the nettle pesto uh, yep. is basically. So you're not cooking the nettles. No, no. So again, 
You're using the, the little... The fresher, the younger, sweet, the best. fresh ones, yep. Yeah, and you just make an exact pesto, mm-hmm. the same as you make instead of basil. Mm-hmm. You've got um, nettles. nettles yeah. um, you can do it with coriander. Uh-huh. You can do it with rocket. Yep. You know, there's any kind of um, smushed up green stuff can make a pesto yeah, pretty but, much. But each one's going to have a different flavour according flavor. to what yeah. grain you're using. Yeah. And so what does nettle give to a pesto? Um, it's actually surprisingly sweet. Mm. It's a difficult flavour. It's it's not, her- I mean, it's herby as mm. in green mm-hmm. herby. It's more like spinach pesto, if you imagine okay, a, a, yep. a baby spinach pesto, mm. in re- rather than, say, a herb pesto, mm-hmm. which is way stronger. So it's quite nice to, it's almost like a non-cook spinach sauce to put with okay. your pasta. Yeah. Yes. Any particular pasta you prefer to serve this with? Oh, I'm not a pasta nasty. Okay. Pasta nasty. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be thinking for Farley for something like this. I think you need to go for. Hey, look, the, the last one I want to talk about is it's a great name. It's called A Mess of Greens. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got, you know, dock, sorrel, chickweed, a whole bunch of different greens here. But you specifically say it's best to have the first four. Yeah. Well, A Mess of Greens is a, um, it's a traditional English it's like the eaten mess, isn't it? Like that idea of... Oh, well, eaten mess is cream. Yes, I know, <laughs> but it's a mess, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like different things together. A mess. I a think, mess, yeah. I think maybe in medieval English mess might mean Something more of else. a mixture. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm guessing at that. But, um, yeah, it's a traditional... Mess? Um, are we are cooking these mess of greens? Yes. Okay. We are. And then... Um, so it's medieval English, so... Everything went into a pot and got cooked for days, basically. So I'm uh-huh. guessing probably it might not have been the tastiest thing on okay. the planet. But have you heard of things called pot herbs? No. Okay, that's a that's a, a another sort of medieval old English terminology, which, which you would just grab a handful of whatever green things you had yep. and put them in your mm-hmm. soup, your stew, whatever. So it could be a mix of herbs mm-hmm. um, and weeds and... Mm-hmm. vegetables, whatever, and that would sort of add nutrient to whatever it was you were cooking. So not for flavour, for... Well, for, for nu- flavour, but also well. nutrients, yep. yeah. So um, a mess of greens is basically similar to that. And the dock, sorrel, chickweed and dandelion are all quite... Chickweed's sweet, but the others are fairly sour. Mm-hmm. The dock's got a bit of a lemon edge to mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, anything, basically, any green leafy, and then it's... Um, Basically stewed, stewed um, for a long time. I don't suggest that we do it that long. And then you either it's used as a side dish or a filling for pies. So it's very similar to horta. Yeah, I saw that it was a pie you could put, and I was thinking it's like a green mushy pie. Yeah, mushy peas in your pie instead of on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's onion, garlic, and then cook those, and then. Put your handfuls of greens until they're wilted, mm-hmm. and rather than go for two hours as the English are wont to do, mm, um, to overcook <laughs> till it's mush, green mush. Yeah, green you mush add pie. your butter, yeah. bit of oh nut, the butter. Nutmeg. That's that, that's that. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Butter and nutmeg in Salt there. and pepper, and then um, yeah, serve Great. it hot as a side dish. You put in a pie if you want. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you can see how hotter has. Yeah. has 
its origins or its, its origins it, yeah. or, or it's come from the same place yeah. and just gone in different directions. Yeah, yeah, because in fact you're right, you can see that sort of like weed pie or that greens pie in a lot of different um, cuisines across across Europe, one <coughs> yeah. variation on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you still got to do some more testing <laughs> with the recipes. Yep. And then it'll be published. Well, I hope so. If I yeah, can, yeah, that would be great. To do it. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so it would be available locally, do you think? Yes. Oh, yeah. So you could maybe buy a copy at Kangaroo Books eventually. Yeah, well, yeah. you might be able to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might even self-publish. I'll see yeah. what it costs. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've got some greens that I've brought in from my garden here. So. Yep. What should I do? <coughs> should I sort of grab a whole lot or should I just focus on learning about one particular weed? Well, find the ones that are easier to easiest to identify. So you've got okay. you've got sour thistle or milk thistle in your hand. Okay. And does it matter whether or not it's sour thistle or well, milk thistle? Well, that's the same thing. It's just okay. named in oh, okay. dif- different places. So can I eat this like right now? You can have on, a nibble. On live radio? Yeah. It'll be... It's all right. It's a bit sour. Sour, mm. yeah. It's not, I'm but not going to die. Like no. I think everybody thinks, you know, so weeds are, are bad things and potentially they could... Um, kill you, yeah. Kill you. No, there's a few of them, but they're generally... <laughs> <laughs> they're generally sort of fairly well labelled as poisonous. Okay. You know? What about some of those plant identification apps? Would would they be a good start as well? Like how accurate yeah. are they? No, they should be... Oh, well, I don't know. I've never mm. used one. I use give one it a go. quite a lot because I, I buy things and then I forget what they are. <laughs> constantly and I don't know how to look after them and they start to die and I go I better find out what this is and find out how to look after it. Yeah I mean give it a shot um mm. there's a fantastic little field guide to weeds of central Australia. Yes you've you showed it to me. Yeah it's written by Sunil Danji and um when he was with Greening Australia it's mm-hmm. a fantastic little book that's uh is available at Red Kangaroo I think that's where I bought mine. So what's it called again? Weeds of Central Australia. Okay, so it's weeds, meaning it, it doesn't include native any native species. It's all introduced yeah. things. So good things and bad things in yeah. there. I saw Trees some right bad through things to grass. There. Yeah, yeah, and there are some nasties. Yeah, yeah. What about this other one I've got here? That's marshmallow. Oh, it looks. I, I didn't like it in my garden at all. Does that mean I can eat it because it's called marshmallow? Well, that's where the original marshmallow came from. That so plant. I can just eat this. Uh, you can eat the leaves, yes. Um, they're, they're but don't eat the flowers? No, well, they, they, they don't look particularly appetising. Okay. Hmm, doesn't taste like much. No, it's green grassy thing. Uh, yeah, the yeah. milk thistle was, was nice and, and yeah. sour. Marshmallow is actually um, uh, used in quite a number of different parts of the world as a as a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original marshmallow, uh, the original marshmallows, the lollies, mm-hmm. came from... The sap of that oh, okay. one. Okay. Oh, right. And they were sort of like yeah. marshmallowy. Yeah, yeah. But it um, devolved to egg white and sugar because it's course. easier. And a bit of gelatin in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Getting it out of a plant. But yeah. Um, now, what about this clover? I've always assumed this is clover, but mine's got these little pods on it. Yeah, as well. I don't think that's clover. Okay. It does look a bit like clover. It does, but mm. I think it cannot think of the name okay. of it. So, what do you do if you're in doubt, Ange? Uh, if you're in doubt, leave it out. Don't. So don't if you're play in doubt, with it. don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about this last one here? I have it's no clue what that is. <laughs> Look, and I had a, and I had a little trick one. Where is it? Can we pretend? That, yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's rocket. Rocket. Banana. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was rocket. I just thought, and that's grown just as a weed in my yeah, garden. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and rocket is 
probably one of the closest current vegetables to its original kind. So, like, you see a lot of the mustards and the wild lettuce, prickly lettuce, Mm. and a lot of the weeds were hybridised and bred and bred and bred to produce today's lettuce. Mm -hmm. Well, the originals of those are what we call weeds. Yeah. So rocket's probably closest to Mm -hmm. its origin. Yeah, because you can get, like, wild rocket and then... And it's rocket, still got yeah. that bitter, yeah, sour I love rocket yeah. taste. Yeah. Would you ever consider getting weed seeds and planting them? I guess techni- defeats the purpose, doesn't technically, it? Technically, yeah. if you're growing them, it's a garden. It's not weeds. Isn't yeah, it? I know. It's, yeah, it, it stops uh, at the games. I mean, maybe, you're not playing by the rules, yeah. are you? No. <laughs> maybe if there was something that I really wanted to try and I couldn't get any other mm. way. I might. Mm-hmm. Now, normally if I'm pulling out a weed from the garden, I'm going to pull out everything, including the roots. Should I be doing that if I'm wanting to eat it? Well, it depends. Um, I did a talk on ABC Radio some years ago mm-hmm. about weed seeds and, and one of the presenters promptly went out and collected purslane seed mm. and he now grows it in his garden okay. as a veg. So oh, okay. try and that one. Oh, really? That's green amaranth. Oh, really? Has yeah. it was been growing wild? In my garden. Mm. Again. Oh, it's quite bitter. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a really nice one, that one. Yeah. And that's quite often used in Horta. Yeah. Too. Wow. Because yeah. this has got a whole sort of new range of flavours in there yeah. that I wouldn't normally have access to in yeah. um, purchased vegetables or even, you know, I'm growing chard and kale, but that this yeah. is something Yeah. And amaranth's one of the ones that you can eat. Uh, raw mm-hmm. because it's not as bitter as some mm. of the others. Um, just and would you just? Salad. Yeah, I was going to say you just slice yeah. it up into little sort of bits in a oh, salad. Oh, just pick the pick yep. the young leaves and chuck them in a salad. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of um, mm-hmm. plants that are just you know green leafies that mm. you can just eat. Eat. Yeah. Um, and either sauté, cook, mm-hmm. boil, or have raw. You know, purslane's probably better raw than mm. cooked because it's okay. a little bit m- mucilaginous. Yeah. And um, pig's face as well. I know pig's face isn't actually a, a weed, but if you go down to Tasmania, mm. it is growing as a weed mm. on the beach and that's yeah. edible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What does it taste like? Salty. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sort of salty. Yeah. Salty, slimy. Yeah. <laughs> so if I don't want to wait for your... Um, book to be published yeah I, i'm gonna get it but if, if i want to start eating my weeds now yep and I, and I sort of can't get you on the phone all the time and send you a photo and go is this you know is this okay i could use an app and identify it and then just go online and try and find out if it's a if it's an edible plant or not yeah and then maybe should i just always have it a little bit first and see if i get sick not unless you're pretty sure you know what it is okay yeah so if i'm unsure don't so just have a yeah. little bit and yeah yep. there are some really cool reference books on foraging that okay. come out of the uk so they're sort of half okay for here yeah because i can imagine there's a lot more food to forage there's there. a lot more and it's a lot more temperate stuff yep. so uh you won't find some of the hotter area things in them but mm-hmm. there's a the, put in foraging into google and mm-hmm. go for a wander there's quite a lot of stuff yep out there in terms of websites and references mm-hmm. yeah and are there foraging tours anywhere in australia that you know Ooh. of Melbourne used to do there used to be a guy in Melbourne who used to do them urban foraging okay um, and he did edible weeds and the odd 
vacant lot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was one of the other things that you mentioned in your book that uh, keep an eye out for vacant lots. Oh, yeah, vacant often, lots. Have often um, weeds come up good there. Good gear. Yeah. Particularly, again, Central Australia is incredibly not fun mm-hmm. in terms of the climate not yep. allowing a lot of stuff to grow. But, you know, if you're in Victoria and New South Wales, you quite often see old abandoned homesteads or stuff that the the chimney's the only thing left, but mm-hmm. there are heaps of plants yeah, growing okay. all over the place and uh, you can get some fantastic old style fruit, green gauges and yeah, okay. sour cherries and stuff. Oh, I love sour cherries. Yeah, yeah. things that you just don't see anymore. Well, you don't get in um, in fruit and veg shops yeah, because exactly. there's, there's no sort of well large market for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and... Even though there are a lot of people trying to bring back a lot of the older stuff yep. because it's fantastic and it's mm. just got flavours that, that you don't get mm. anymore. Um, a lot of that stuff has come from foragers finding plants and, mm-hmm. and taking cuttings and and then, you know, plant specialists going, oh, that sounds good, mm. let's give that a shot. Yeah, that's um, great, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's fantastic. It's good fun. <laughs> Well, I think we've just about run out of time in terms of a discussion about weeds and I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. We'll all just hold our breath and wait for that um, publication to come out. You've been listening to Kitchen Radio. My special guest tonight has been Ange Vincent. Ange, thank you so much. No worries. Um, remember to like Kitchen Radio on Facebook and you can also, if you're like me, then you'll find out when there's a podcast available. We're going to finish tonight's show with a song by UMI um, and it's called, of course weeds you've been listening to kitchen radio on 8 c 102.1 fm in alice springs and tennant creek